I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into another off-season episode of the Houdat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You could follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you could follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Houdat Dis. And today, we are going to have another interesting episode here at the Houdat Discussion. We're going to get into some offensive line news. Actually, have a decent amount of offensive line news, which is actually uh, pretty interesting. The Saints hired Zach Streif, who formerly played for them and was the voice of the Saints for the last three seasons. And you had the Nick Eason after he was released by the Saints. It seems like the Saints are one of the four teams interested in acquiring the player, which is interesting. And it's definitely good to see that... Um, he's healthy enough to try to be out and um, have another team go out and sign him. So that means that hopefully he's rebounding nicely after those concussions. That is good to see that he's looking in free agency and he definitely wants to continue to play football and that the concussions aren't derailing his career. So that's obviously really, really uh, good news for him. And it's happy that the Saints are one of these four teams. And the Saints, I think, will look to try to add that six man on the offensive line whether that be a guy like Nick Easton or another player who used to be the Saints' sixth man, Eusenio Calamente, if you guys remember a few years back, he signed with the Texans. The Texans just released him. So now it seems like Eusenio Calamente could be an option for the Saints as well. So we're going to get into all of that with our offensive line news segment. And then we're going to flip it over to the main segment, and we're going to get into quarterbacks and kind of, we haven't talked about them in a few episodes, so I want to bring that back up. And not just like, oh, James Winston, Taysom Hill. I want to look at the rest of the free agent class and kind of look if the Saints do not re-sign James Winston, where will they go? Will they get nobody and just stick with Taysom Hill? Would they go in the draft? Kind of take that lens through it, which I think is an interesting conversation as well. I know there wasn't an episode over the last few days. Um, usually we do two a week, but this one, I mean, we did one, I think, on Thursday. And this one should come out either Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. And this is because we're actually starting to develop getting the podcast also on YouTube and back up there. We used to do it on YouTube and then we stopped. And I just want to kind of make some time to make sure it's all perfect and we can continue it and it can be sustainable. Because I know I tried it a few times and stopped and just kept it on, you know, the Apples, the Spotify's, all that type of stuff just with um, the audio. But definitely want to add the visual part. I kind of did some nice designs for it. So Definitely look for that in the near future. That's why we, we didn't get an episode out, just working on that type of stuff so we can add that visual component. And that would obviously be really cool because not only do we have the full episodes, then on YouTube we'll be able to splice different parts of the podcast on there, which is obviously really good. And you guys get to see my face and all that stuff, and that's obviously really great. But uh, that um, will be out in the near future, hopefully by free agency. I'm just trying to make sure everything's perfect so it could be sustainable and we could do it for the rest of the Houdat discussion, basically, down the line. I want to keep it so um, we can get it all done and 
uh, keep that as a medium you guys can watch the or listen to the podcast on and kind of just adding another thing. So I definitely want to say that as well, which is why we didn't have a podcast maybe a few days ago. But I'm with you now, and we're going to just jump right into this new segment here with the offensive line, starting off with Zach Streif, as he's going to become the assistant offensive line coach for the Saints. As we said, he was the voice of the Saints for the last three seasons, and before that he obviously played with the Saints in for 12 seasons. And he was a big part of that team. He won a Super Bowl uh, with that team and or in 2009, and then big part of the Saints uh, for a long time, as most of you guys know. Big right tackle, um, graduated from Northwestern, and uh, kind of all that stuff. He did a great job streak over his playing career. And you could definitely see how he could be a coaching figure. Um, very, very vocal, very good at teaching guys. I mean, definitely helped Ryan Ramchek early on in his career. And I think Nick Underhill said it, like he could definitely see – um, Streif down the line have a coaching career because he's able to basically uh, vocalize what he's trying to tell to players very very well he's um, a good communicator so that's really good and um, I think it's interesting that he's going to now be the offensive line or assistant offensive line coach and I think that you're going to see him ascend through the ranks and um, I feel like he could definitely be a solid coach I mean you just see he's a vocal guy a leader a team leader for sure when he was on the field and um, you know you could even see him in the booth he's a guy that communicates really really well and to me that's something that um, will be great I mean in the press release the Saints said that Streif will be mentored by Dan Roshar who is the Saints offensive line coach since 2016 so that's um, obviously good that he'll be mentored in that type of stuff and obviously the Saints offensive line has played really well um, really for the for the whole Sean Payton era I mean obviously I mean I think that also has to do with Drew Brees and how good he is at um, you know, getting rid of the ball very quickly but I think this is a good move, and it's interesting for Streif. Definitely the best of luck in this position, and I feel like he's going to send right up because I feel like he'd be a really good coach, but definitely wanted to touch on that. Then moving over to Nick Easton, as the news came out today that there are four teams interested in, in him, and one of those four teams is the Saints, which I think is really interesting. Now, as we said, it's obviously really good news that he's looking to find a new team and can still play football and all that stuff, but Josina Anderson said there are at least four teams that have in- engaged with Uh, Nick Easton and one of them is the Saints who who they want Easton back just at a lower uh, cap number but Easton uh, Anderson said that Easton wasn't in a hurry to sign so I did think that uh, that was interesting but the Saints are definitely on the lookout for that six man I think they're going to want to pick one up just for probably less cap space than seven million I think they're going to probably look in the three range which maybe you know something that Senio Calamente kind of in that range we don't know what he's going to get but you just look at Calamente, I mean, he's a guy that just got released today. And he's a player that you just look through his kind of season grades and PFF stuff. And, I mean, he's a guy that with the Saints was really solid, kind of like that Easton-type player. And then he went to the Texans and was basically a similar-type player. I mean, he had a starting role in 2018. Obviously, the Texans made the playoffs. And, you know, he did a, a good job there. I mean, his thing was, I mean, you just look at the PFF grades, they're basically the same where he was in New Orleans. A lot of people thought he may get better, and it seems like he just stood kind of um, status quo and stood basically um, just right on that straight line where he was with the Saints, which isn't bad. I just think he's a six-man. I really, I mean, you look at the starting role, I mean, you could definitely be a starter in this league, but, I mean, maybe for the price they were paying him, it just wasn't worth it at that point. Probably that was the case. Probably the same thing with Nick Easton with the Saints. Probably something very, very similar. Maybe um, they felt like they can get a starter cheaper, just like the Saints feel like they get a six-man cheaper. So it will be interesting to see uh, Calamente's market and 
will he be in that starter market? And he got a, a good contract, I mean, a few years back. Or will he be a guy that uh, maybe only gets that six-man type contract? And he's a guy that, to me, I would be very, very um, interested in if I was the Saints to re-sign him as that six-man if that was the case. I think that he's a guy that, look, he's started um, a good amount in this league. But, I mean, obviously he's played your six-man role before. I mean, you just look at it. I mean, he started nine games for the Saints in 2016. He started eight games in 2017, and then he went to Houston, started 14 games in 2018, got hurt in 2019, and last year he started five games in kind of maybe a similar role to the Saints in kind of that six-man role. But, I mean, you just look at that's kind of the type of guy he is. Maybe he's like just, you know, that, that starter that can start, in a, not in a pinch. He could definitely start for a full season, but it's kind of like in and out of the starting lineup. Like, you can start those 15 games if needed, but he's kind of in that six-man. I think that's what he would do for the Saints. And his contract, I think that would be the interesting thing is. And I feel like he's a type of guy that maybe in a different year with like a different salary cap maybe would have gotten a similar deal than what he got the first time when he signed with the Texans. But because the salary cap is going to be shrinking, how many teams will be willing to give him starting money? I'm just not sure about that. And, that, and that's something that I think is interesting and maybe brings him into the Saints market. But it seems like the Saints will definitely be on the lookout for this six-man type player and um look that that's going to be i think important for the saints to get that player everything and maybe in the draft but maybe they'll try to get the player in free agency if they can't then they'll pivot to the draft and you know when looking at calamente i do think he's a guy that can sign um for i would say i mean just looking at um, what he would do i mean i feel like you you may give him that nick easton type deal that you gave easton a few years back and just you know obviously backload it you could do something like that maybe a, i think it would be a little less just looking at um how calamente isn't like easton was younger i believe he was um in his mid-20s when the saints gave him that contract and you just look at calamente now and i mean you look at his age i believe yeah he's he, he's over 30 so he's gonna be 31 by the time next season starts so Again, maybe go into maybe more of a veteran-type player. I do think that he does add good value in two-year deal, three-year deal. I mean, I believe his last deal, it was a longer-term deal, um, and that's something that to me is interesting. He had a contract extension back in 2024, uh, 2021, so they added that extra year because I believe it was a three-year deal, and they added the extra year to make it a four-year deal, and it seems like they uh, cut him after the 2020 season, so... Um, that was kind of interesting to see them do that. But, I mean, just looking at um, Calamente right now, he's a player that I would like to see the Saints go out and sign and just a good six-man, and he was reliable. Like, he started to, like when he needed to start for the Saints, he was uh, really good. So, at the end of the day, that is really good stuff there for the, the Saints and trying to get this depth. I think there are a lot of options on the table, and I could definitely see Calamente having a reunion with the Saints. I think he's a player that kind of fills this Saints void right now, especially without Easton. I could also see Easton coming back, but if Easton has a market to be a starter, he's obviously going to try to be a starter. If not, then I think he returns to the Saints. And I feel like Calamente, you actually could see something similar. Maybe um, if team sees him as a starter, obviously he's going to take that deal. But if not, I could see him definitely going back to the Saints and be like, um, you know, go back to Champagne's offense, had some success there, and parlay that into uh, maybe another contract, starting deal, or something else. I mean, just to be in a familiar place and be good depth to that team. I could definitely see that. And also, I mean, even if you're a six-man, I mean, you'll eventually get some playing time. And I think if the, the Saints had him and, like, a James Hurst, they'd Easton Hurst, as we saw last year, I really do think this offensive line is going to be very, very solid. I just feel like the Saints offense as a whole 
I mean, if you have, let's say, James Winston in there, I think this offense is going to be good. I do think that just looking at this this whole offense, I mean, you're, you're, to me, your line's going to get better because we know Ruiz. I think he's going to take the next step. I don't think he's going to be like an Achilles heel like he was in 2020. I think he's going to have a better season. I think your offensive line is going to have, you're going to have that six-man same type of depth. So that's obviously really good. So I think your offensive line is top five in the league. Then you look at your receivers. A lot of people are saying, oh, we should add receivers. I think this this group is is very good. And last year they went through a lot. I mean, no player played more than, I think, 14 games. So when you look at it, I think if everyone plays 16 games or most people play 16 games and they're healthy, I do think that when you look at this group, they're a very, very deep and solid group because you have Thomas, you have Sanders, you have Deontay Harris, all these guys. They are definitely very, very solid. So that is obviously good stuff there for the th- that group. And then obviously Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, they're going to be good too. Some people are like, oh, they want Mark Ingram back. And I think he'd be great as like a third guy. But I feel like Murray, what he's doing right now is definitely very solid. And I mean, if the Saints would do a trade-off for Murray and Ingram, maybe it would be similar, but Murray's the younger guy. I mean, it's interesting to see how you look at that. I mean, less tread on the tires. I mean, that would be interesting too. But that's really how I feel this offense is shaping up. I really think that it's shaping up as a really good offense as is. Just I think the injury bug killed them, in, especially the, the receiver group last year. And then also tight ends. I think that they're going to probably add a tight end. That's the part I would add. And it doesn't have to be this great signing. I mean, probably a Jared Cook type of level signing. I mean, maybe, who knows? Maybe Jared Cook comes back. I don't think so. And I, I think he's gone. I think a lot of people have just seen enough of him. And you know, obviously the fumble in the playoffs was bad. And I don't think he ends up re-signing with the Saints. But I do think the Saints get a Jared Cook type player to come up in here, maybe someone a little less profile, maybe a guy like Trey Burton I think would fit well. CJ Uzma, I believe, is available. Who knows, maybe even Jimmy Graham if he's released by the Bears. But to me, that is really interesting. But just wanted to add that in there when talking about this offensive line. I think it's going to be really solid. You add that six-man and stir up the depth. And then basically then you look at the rest of your your groups on the offense. I think it's solid. I think the skill position group solid. Your quarterback is yet to be um, answered. But, I mean, if it's Winston... We don't really know what we're getting in Winston. We'll get into it after the break. I, I have a lot, of, lot to say about that. I think it's going to be a great conversation. But, again, I do think this offense has the skill position, has the offensive line in place. Quarterback, we'll get to that a little later when everyone makes their decisions. Breeze makes his decision. Um, Winston makes his free agent decision. Obviously, the Saints still have Taysom Hill. But, to me, when you look at the defense, you have more moves to make. I think the offense, you get your quarterback, you're good. Like, I mean, you get a quarterback, get a tight end, and you're good. And you could build through the draft whatever you want, but I'd get a veteran tight end, fill out your quarterback, and you're good. And that offense is very, very solid, in my opinion. You go over to the defense, and you have to move in free agency, and who are you going to keep? Who are you going to let go? Can you keep everybody? It's all these questions, which I, I think will be very, very interesting to to look at. But obviously, quarterback is the big question on this offense, and we're going to get into that after the break. We're going to look at all the free agent off options. Going to look at um, James Winston a little bit more, Taysom Hill, all that fun stuff. But first, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dads Discussion Podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Welcome back into the Who Dat discussion. And now we're going to get into our quarterback talk of the episode. Obviously, the Saints have that question mark at quarterback right now. And we're just going to jump into basically some free agents. Jameis Winston, obviously, we'll talk about him a lot. Taysom Hill, some other guys that maybe the Saints would sign if they can't um, keep Jameis Winston and retain him. So we're just going to jump into all of that. Obviously, this is all kind of waiting on Drew Brees and his announcement. And if he's going to come back and play or if he's going to retire, I mean, I'd be so shocked if he came back. I really do think he's going to hang up the cleats. And um, it just seems like that this was his final year from the very beginning. It, it was the last run at it. It was his last time to turn it loose. That's obviously what we say on the podcast because he said it just got to turn it loose. And um, that was kind of our motto for the end of the shows this season. And I, we're going to find a new one. we, we got to do that, too. But for now, we'll be turning loose for a few more episodes. But that just seems like it, what it was for Breeze. And it's, with every day passing, could be him mulling over his decision and maybe coming back, which I, I think would just be crazy. It would be a podcast within itself. And kind of my biggest fear with every podcast going on, like, I'm going to hit publish and the podcast is going to go out. And then, like, 10 minutes later, Drew Breeze announces his retirement. Drew Breeze announces his return to the Saints. And then I'll have to, you know, make a completely new episode on kind of a whim there. Because, like, just after, um, obviously, I published the old one without the Breeze news and now I'll be able to um, now to do this whole new one about Drew Breeze. But that's kind of my fear. But when we're recording this, as of Tuesday night, there has been no um, Breeze decision yet, which... Again, I feel like all this talk is obviously waiting on that because if Brees comes back, all this is mute because he will start. And um, I, I know there are a lot of people saying they have to move on regardless and he can't come back. But um, they, I, I think that if he came back, he would be on this team and he'd be the starter. I, I still think this team wants him as a starter if he is willing to come back. You look at what Alvin Kamara says. Look at what Demario Davis says. seems like they all want him back. And I know there's the slander around Brees. Obviously, he had the three-pick game, which... I mean, he deserves, obviously, the criticism for that. It'd be interesting to see if he came back, what he'd do, how this team would react. And, I mean, that contract, I mean, if he came back with that contract on, like, the $12 million deal, I mean, what a team-friendly deal that would have been. And he's like, I don't really care. I'm just going to go all in for the last Super Bowl run. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's almost like a Brett Favre situation. I mean, really, it started to be like that. Uh, but that's just kind of what it was here um, for, I, I think, with the Breeze talk and kind of what he's doing. I mean, I feel like we just don't know yet, and we're just waiting. Every day that we wait, I think, is closer to him coming back, but I still don't think it. I, I like if, but if, he, if he was going to announce his decision about like, free agency, then we're all going to be like, uh, does this mean you're coming back or not? And it's going to be a big question mark. But for now, I think we're just going to assume that he retires, so we can continue with this conversation. And then you look at kind of the two in-house options. I know Jameis Winston isn't in-house, but he was with the team in 2020 as a backup, and it's Winston or Hill, and a lot of people are leaning towards Winston. I'm one of those people that I would like to see Winston at least in a battle to try to take that spot. I want him to get that fair shot. I want you want Hill to get the fair shot too, to be quite honest with you, because competition obviously breeds excellence, and that's what we'd like to see. But just because we've seen Hill and we kind of see where his faults are, where he's good at, where he's bad at, you want to see the same thing for Winston. I mean, you definitely do, um, whether it's in preseason or the regular season. You want to see him to get that chance in the Saints uniform for sure because he's just such an interesting player and I mean I feel like everyone thinks that he's just going to come and not everyone I don't want to say that like that but some people think that he's going to come up in here and just light it up and just be basically Drew Brees 2.0 he's going to you know had his troubles in Tampa Bay Brees had his troubles in um, with the Chargers up and down made one Pro Bowl Winston made one Pro Bowl 
and kind of this up and down. You see all the potential, but just can't put it all together. Then you go to New Orleans, and then Sean Payton, and you know he he coaches you up, and you're an All Pro type player. You're throwing for five thousand yards. I, I mean, you see some of these projections. If he came back to the Saints, it was like forty five hundred yards, thirty touchdowns, like twelve interceptions, and it's like that is a really high bar for him because I do think that he's a player that look, especially in his first year. Like if he would start first year. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people are going to judge him on wins more than maybe the stat line. But, like, you know, you want to see those interceptions go down. But he doesn't have to throw, like, 35 touchdowns here. I mean, let, let's just kind of pump the brakes on that. You don't want to give this guy these um, huge expectations. Like, I know he's a ton of potential, but, like, first year for a quarterback, I would love to see, like, a 25 touchdown, like, 10 interception season. That would be great. And I think that's a good part to kind of move up on. You win 10, 11 games, you make it to the playoffs, maybe you make a run at it, and you kind of see where kind of this next step is with Winston's play. Yes, would you love him to kind of go out and throw 35 touchdowns, only, like, 10 interceptions, and throwing for 5,000 yards? Yes, I would love that, but I think that's unrealistic expectations right now for a guy that was a backup last season. That's all I just wanted to say about that. But Winston, I want to see him back here. I think obviously the price is always, you know, you're not going to give him $20 million. I just feel like he hasn't, especially with the Saints, I wouldn't just, in their situation, their cap situation, I wouldn't just throw money at a guy when, again, at the end of the day, you do have Taysom Hill in here, I do think gives the Saints 10 wins, so... I don't think that Winston ends up getting $20 million. I don't think the Saints actually could pay him $20 million, to be honest with you. I do think that they're going to give him that $10 to $12 billion deal, maybe upwards of 15 but I really think it's going to go around that 10 to 12 range, and maybe he gets some incentives and to maybe up that if he plays amazing and plays really good. But I think 10 to 12 is going to be that base. I really do believe that. Um, and th- th- I'm just going to stand it on that, and I do think he's going to end up signing with the Saints for that. But, again, I think that's kind of where Winston stands. And if he signs here and if he starts, don't give him these high, high, high expectations. Um, They just – I mean, you don't – he's not going to be this MVP candidate right away. Maybe he will be comeback player of the year. And, like – but he doesn't have to be 35 touchdowns, 7 interceptions to win comeback player of the year. Like, if he had 28 touchdowns to, like, 12 interceptions, that would probably win him comeback player of the year and, like, 11-game winner. Like, that, I think, would get him uh, comeback player of the year. But – and over 4,000 yards. Like, I do think that's possible for him to do that. I do think the interceptions will go down, and you kind of look at where he was with before Bruce Arians and with Dirk Cutter, and he was around like that 14 interception range, 15 interception range. I think that will actually come down even farther with Sean Payton, and I mean, I do think he's going to have a solid season if he started with the Saints. I mean, I, I just don't think he's going to be this MVP type guy, because if he threw 35 touchdowns, like 10 interceptions, and 5,000 yards, he's going to be an MVP conversation. Like, this team is good enough that if he throws that stat stat line, he's probably going to win 12, 13 games and get the Saints into the first seed, which I would love to see, but that's way too high expectations. So, like, just for the sake of not trying to overhype him, just bring it down to kind of um, that solid level where I think he's going to be that 25 touchdown guy, hopefully like 12, 10 interceptions. And he can throw over 4,000 yards. I do believe he can do that. But that's kind of where I am at with Winston. I mean, I would love to see him sign back so he can prove himself as the starter. And, you know, you, you look at your expectations for him. You don't really know. Yeah, you know, it's really hard to even put an expectation level with him because he's going to be a different quarterback than what he was in 2019. And it's just where where is he going to fall? You know, he's obviously not going to be another 30 interception guy. That's never happening again. It's just, where will he fall in there? Will he still be, even that Dirk Cutter range probably won't cut it. I mean, it probably won't get you to that Super Bowl. And he's probably not a franchise QB. He's going to have to be better than that. I think with Sean Payton, he could be better than that. He's gotten more mature. He's gotten older. I think with Sean Payton, that's going to help a lot. So that's just kind of where I am at with Winston. And 
out of all the other free agent options, he's my first option for sure. I mean, for sure. But let's say the Saints can't sign him and he gets, and let's say the Bears throw dumb money at him and throw it, give him that huge contract. Where, if you're the Saints, where do you go next? And Taysom Hill is obviously your number one option, which is going to make some fans cringe, but he right now is that that next option probably for me. And, I mean, maybe Teddy's in there too, but between Teddy and Taysom, I think you're right there. If you can get Teddy. Like, if you can get Teddy, I bring him in here. I mean, you look at what Teddy did. We know what he did as a Saints. Nine touchdowns, two interceptions, won the five games, 68% completion percentage. He was pretty solid. Um, QB rating of 99. Like, he was pretty, pretty solid with the Saints. And you would like to see him do that again here um, with, you know, if he can come back and he'd do that, that would obviously be really good. The Saints would probably be a playoff team. And, again, he's a guy that can get you a lot of wins. We don't know if he can do it in the postseason yet, but maybe his play elevates in the postseason. Maybe that's something that he can do. But that's kind of what you see right now from Teddy. And then Taysom, he's the interesting guy because I think if you brought Teddy in there, I still think he'd battle with Taysom, um, which to me would be very, very interesting to see. You look at Taysom's four games. I mean, he did have that 72.7 completion percentage. And, you know, he was a, a guy that, if you look at the QB rating, it was 99-2. I mean, maybe a little less pretty than Teddy Bridgewater, who was able to, I think, be more of that, um, you know, steady Eddie type guy, but Taysom Hill wasn't. But Taysom did show some some good attributes that he can grow on. The pocket passing was there. We didn't expect it to be there. So you, you got to give him some credit where credit due. I mean, a lot of Saints fans like, oh, Taysom's awful. He'll never be good. Like, let's, I mean, we don't really know yet what he's going to be. I mean, if I was going to say, who, who do I want my starter to be between him and Winston? You just want to see what Winston's got because maybe Winston has that star potential. Because you look at Taysom Hill, he's got to grow and he's got a lot of work. But you do see some good parts in his game. And the running is obviously really good. The pocket passing is there. Throwing on the run is going to have to get better. You know, obviously, defending, uh, pa- passing against the zone defense is going to be a problem that he will face and has to get better at it. But he's not a bad second option for the Saints, which is something that you definitely have to look at. And he actually may win this job um, outright if Winston was here. So I, I wouldn't say that Taysom is this just awful player that can never get better. I really don't think he is that player. I think he did find um, a lot of success in just areas where he needs improvement. Definitely needs to happen. I do think he's a starter in this league. But right now he's a low-tier starter. But maybe next year he makes a next jump and he's an average one. And the next year he goes even higher than that. And that's something that... Look, he's kind of on this rookie trajectory, which now this is his second year, but he's over 30. He's like 32. So that now puts you at like, will he even get better? And that's something that I think you have to worry about. But I mean, when you look at Winston, I mean, that's something you don't worry about more because he's still young and you definitely want to see what Winston has before you move forward with Hill. But that's something that we're going to probably see this this uh, training camp and preseason and regular season, which is something that's I think very important for the Saints to see, but that's just kind of where I think they stand. And I feel like if the Saints go ahead and start Winston in you know September next next season, 2021, I think then you know like okay, Winston um, has deserved the shot. He's looked really good in practice. Now it's time to really roll, and then you can evaluate him, and then you can kind of take it from there, which is. I think really kind of the option I think the Saints would want. I think the draft, when you're picking 28th, you're probably not going to find the quarterback of your pick and you're going to have to trade up and that then ruins your future, which is something that I don't think the Saints really want to do. So I think that's kind of the most likely option. But if the Saints don't get Winston, they're not sold on Hill. Let's just go into a few other guys. One one guy that's kind of interesting is Marcus Mariota. 
who played one game last year. He came in in relief and played a, actually a really good game. I mean, he had 226 yards, a touchdown. He played pretty well in relief in that game and um, almost led the, the Raiders to victory. I forgot if they won that game or not. But he did actually play solid in that one, which was pretty surprising, actually, because it looked like he was 2-4 in 2019 with the Titans, and they brought in Tannehill, and then they made a run to the AFC Championship game. So it looked like, look, Mariota was kind of part of the problem there why they weren't having some success. But, I mean, just looking at his overall kind of career, I mean, kind of, to me, worse than Winston. And he's kind of but in that similar kind of path where was in the same draft as Winston, really high draft pick, and could never put it together, but made the playoffs. Winston never made the playoffs, so Mariota made the playoffs. He had um, a, some solid seasons. Like, he had one season where he had 26 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. That's a solid season. Also ran the ball well. Like, we know he could definitely run well. Two, I mean, just looking at his passer ratings, they're, they're high, higher than Winston. So that's definitely just some, something to look at over, you know, his whole career when looking at that. So you look at it and you see that Winston definitely has all the intangibles. And I don't know if you can say the same about uh, Mariota right now. It's just kind of with Winston, you have to pry it out of him and you've got to kind of help him blossom with Mariota. It's just interesting because I, I think you don't really see um, so as much, especially with the, the passer talent than with Winston. But he's another guy that should be out there. Um, so that's something that will be interesting to look at. I'd be very surprised if the Raiders keep him. I think they would save like $11 million if they cut him. So either a trade or a cut, I do think that ends up happening. And he may get another shot to start. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. But if you are not sold on Hill and you don't get Winston, he could be a guy that comes in here and battles with Hill, kind of more of that mobile player. So let's say it goes to Hill and he's your backup. He could kind of play that similar style to Hill. So maybe that's a player that uh, you'd want. Another guy is Ryan Fitzpatrick, who... Look, he just keeps on chugging along, and uh, he had a pretty good season last year with Miami. Went four and three as a starter. Came in, won a game um, against the Raiders. In that, you know, he had that crazy throw at the end of the game. He had 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions, threw for over 2,000 yards in nine games. So that's obviously solid. He would have over a, a um, 4,000 yard season if he played the whole 16 games. Did get benched for Tua Tagovailoa, but. Was that because they thought Tua was the future and they wanted to get him more playing time, or was it because Fitzpatrick was playing bad? It was probably the first thing about how they wanted Tua and their future to get playing time with that team, and that was the case. But look at Fitzpatrick. He did have a good season. A lot of Dolphins fans, like my brother's a Dolphins fan, my dad's a Dolphins fan, and they were clamoring for Fitzpatrick to get another chance late in the season to try to kind of help them towards the playoffs. I mean, it ended up not happening. And, again, I feel like that's something that is definitely an interesting conversation. Like, if the Dolphins played Fitz the whole season, where would they be at? But maybe he's a guy that comes to New Orleans, again, battles with Taysom Hill, gets the starting job, something like that, and he makes some Fitz magic. But you kind of always know there's some Fitz tragic in there. So it will be interesting to see if they would sign him, what Sean Payton would do with him. But that's another guy I did want to quickly bring up. But, I mean, all the other guys I didn't even want to even bring up in the conversation. Like, I don't want Trubisky in the conversation. I don't want Andy Dalton in the conversation. Cam Newton, I mean, he's a guy that uh, did not have a good season. More picks and touchdowns. Um, but he also had 12 rushing touchdowns. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. If he returns to New England, maybe they sign him in Brissett and they end up starting the, the best option there. So that's something that's interesting. But that's really what I'm thinking there for these quarterbacks. So 
I do think Winston, he is your number one option. And if you want to bring him back, I think he's your top guy. And I think if he can return for around 10 to 12 million, I think that's somewhere that's really, really solid. You may be upwards towards that 15, but I think you want to stay in that $12 million range. I'd be surprised if anyone would go higher. Maybe the Bears, but besides the Bears, I don't think you do that. And maybe you put escalators in his contract where if he um, passes a certain amount of pack, passing yards, if he starts his you know, amount of games, if he makes a playoff, something like that, then you see that those numbers go up. But that's really what I'm thinking here for Winston. And don't put too much pressure on him. And if he comes back to New Orleans, don't think he's going to be this 5,000-yard, 35-touchdown uh, guy. That's way too much pressure. He may be that. And maybe eventually, if the Saints can bring him into a start, he may do that eventually. But especially when his first year in the offense, starting in the offense, and kind of getting acclimated to everything, trying to put everything that he learned over the past year in, don't expect this huge, huge... Um, you know, jump where he's going to be this 35 touchdown, 12 interception, 5,000 yards quarterback. Don't want you guys to get too, too high on him because, it's, again, he was benched all of 2020. So there's a reason for that. But if he can make that first step and throw like 26 touchdowns, 10 to 12 interceptions, throws over 4,000 yards, that's a really good start. And that probably gets him to comeback player of the year, to be quite honest. So that's just kind of what I'm looking at with Winston. You go to Hill. And I think he's going to battle with Winston. I just want to see Winston right now out of the two guys, but I bet they'll battle it out. And I think one of those two guys will be your starter in 2021. And if Hill really improved over the offseason, you could see him get the start. And I think he's going to work really hard, but he's got a lot of areas. As we said, the zone passing, the throwing on the run. But if those those things get better and he gets closer to hypothetical Taysom, then you may want to start him more and see what he's got. And that's something that to me would be really interesting as well if he – uh, got better, but you kind of see where Taysom is over these four games. Ups and downs all over the place, still in three and one, but I feel like he's done enough to put himself in the conversation. I don't think he's done enough to take the job, and that's just what I feel with Taysom Hill. And then some other guys just wanted to throw them in quickly just in case they can't sign Winston and bring these two guys in here. You'll always have the Fitzpatricks of the world, which would, I mean, be a very interesting game to game. I'll definitely say that. Or a guy like Marcus Mariota, who's kind of in a similar boat to Jameis Winston, even though I think Jameis does have the higher potential. But that's just really what I'm thinking there. So I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Who Dat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. So that means on Twitter, you could follow us at the Who Dat Dis. On Instagram, you can follow us at Who Dat Discussion. And then also you can listen to the Who Dat Discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts. That means on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, we are on all of that stuff. So definitely a good show, getting some offensive line news, get to talk about the quarterbacks as we love to, as always. It's a very interesting conversation with Winston Hill, all of that fun stuff. Definitely look out for, in the near future, some video content with, and kind of like that, um, be the podcast on YouTube, and it'll be really fun. So hope you guys can check that out in the future. So definitely be on the lookout for that. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening. Turn it loose. And... Who dat?